Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. It's so good to be with you, and it's good to be back with you. I'm back from my trip. Um, Excuse me a minute, I'm losing something here. (laughs) And um, it was a wonderful trip. I met with a wonderful, holy, humble, orthodox, beautiful bishop. And we don't have an answer yet. Uh... Our hearts are already there, but we have to wait for God's yes. And if it's God's yes through the bishop, we will pack up and go, and I will let you know. So we should know, I think, this week. Um, So I will let you know, and I know to thank you for your prayers, because I've heard from a number of you. I know you've been praying. So um, yesterday we were, uh, there was an encore program because of some technical difficulties, but we're back now. And I'm I'm so thrilled to be with you. I hope that you're doing well. And I hope that you are coming together with your family, beginning to pray even one decade of the rosary at night, and um, beginning to think through how to live the faith as if it were true, not simply by going to Mass on Sunday, and not committing mortal sins, but beginning to be a witness, truly a witness in the world, because that's our vocation. In or out of a religious habit, marriage is God's number one design, not religious life. Marriage is God's design for building his kingdom. Um, Through Adam and Eve, there were no religious then, they're just Adam and Eve to multiply and fill the earth and build the kingdom. So we need to return to our vocations, just as religious have been, uh, through John Paul II and other holy popes, have been encouraged to go back to the uh, charism of their founders and truly live it. Uh, So we need to do that in marriage, not just blend in with the world, not simply stay away from controversy and not attack the world. Just be in the world and not of it, truly, truly. Uh, friends of mine say they see different parts of the country, the Jewish community on Saturdays, walking to shul, to synagogue, with uh, women in long dresses and long sleeves and men in suits and ties and, and their hats with their, their payas, um the long side uh, curls, um, uh, and and they walk because it's a holy day and they won't even drive. Now, God didn't tell them not to drive, but they kind of included that themselves. But you know that they're living their faith, and it's beautiful to see. You see them, and you say, but Saturday, that's, that's their holy day. Well, why shouldn't the restaurants and the shopping malls be empty on Sunday? And people would say, now this is ridiculous because... Christians don't shop on Sunday. It's their holy day. 
They don't go out to eat on Sunday. It's their holy day. I promise you the stores will close again as they used to be. There's no one in this country that can return the country or even attempt to return the country to sanity except Christians. No one else. No one else is going to do it. Um, We can do it by our language, by our attitude, by our practice, by what we do and what we don't do, by what we say and by what we don't say. We cannot act like the world. We can, and we do, which is why people mock Catholicism, and why our abortion rate is equal to the world, contraception, uh, whatever else. It's equal to the world. What? what? What's different? We go to church on Sunday, and, and most Catholics don't even do that anymore. So we're a mockery to our God. We're a mockery to him. We don't live what we claim. And when there are Catholics who do, I remember when I was on my journey into the church for 18 years that I was an evangelical Protestant and half our our parish, half our uh, congregation was ex-Catholic. No Catholic knew their faith. And I remember um, meeting some Catholics who used to meet monthly and they were Catholic the first time I met real Catholics, they knew what they believed. They knew why they believed what they believed. They knew the scriptures, which the Catholic Church gave the world. They lived their faith. I said, my goodness, this is what I've been reading about, but I haven't seen it. But they live it. They live it. And they lived it in great suffering because they were a few within the Catholic world. But they were a witness that I never, ever forgot. And so... um I would wish to urge you, actually, I would wish to beg you. The Apostle Paul says in the first chapter of Romans, I beg you, I beg you. Some translation says, say, I urge you. The word is beg by the mercies of God to present your lives a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what the good and acceptable and holy will of God is. That was the first two verses, one of the first two verses I memorized, and it's, I didn't even realize I still remember it. Those are our marching orders, beloved, to present ourselves as living sacrifices versus the dead sacrifices of the Old Testament. One Protestant pastor used to say that the problem with living sacrifices, can you see, is that living sacrifices can crawl off the altar. (laughs) But dead sacrifices can't. We're living sacrifices. So we can crawl off the altar. It's not what God wants us to do, but we do it. So I'm happy to be back with you. I'm happy to be together, to penetrate this dark world together by everything we do and, and don't do. And um, we've had lots of response uh, from people that have received the uh, newsletter by email, uh, and they've printed out the page for Mary's Oblates, who will be Oblates of the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. We've gotten many of those. Our newsletter uh, is in the mail, and most of you should have received it by now. And so 
if you wish to be part of this third order we're beginning, it's crazy. We're beginning it now in the middle of what is going to be a huge move for us and so many other things and needing to take women in and all of that. Um, we we started getting them in the mail, and I said, what have we done? It's not the time to do it. But it is the time, because we want to help. We want to help one another, encourage one another to love and good works, to really be God's witnesses in this world. Beloved, I don't think we have much time left. I do not think we have much time left. And I think we need, more than anything, number one, to get our own act our own lives straightened out and prepared for heaven, uh, prepared for eternity, purgatory or heaven, prepared for eternity. And secondly, to be God's witnesses in the world because souls need to be saved, Catholic souls as well, those who call themselves Catholic as well. The hierarchy, the priests, the bishops who are teaching heresy, who have gone astray, and who are about to go more astray with the Amazon Synod coming up in October. We, they need to be saved. We need to pray for them. We need to live our faith. Uh, and so um, we're beginning Mary's Oblates, the, the Benedictine Oblates of the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. And um, the information is in our newsletter just for you to send in a simple little a form with name and address, and if you, it could be for you, it could be for you and your spouse, it could be for whether you're single or married, for with your children, for the whole family. It doesn't matter age, it doesn't matter location. You could be anywhere in the world, anywhere at all, and we're going to do this together. We're going to live this faith together with the encouragement that God wants us to have. And I'm simple. Uh, uh, what I mean by that is in order for me to get things, I need to be very simple. I need stories. I need to break them down. And so that's what this will be. It's going to be simple. It's going to be doable. It's not going to be a heavy study or anything like that. It'll be a process, but very, very, very simple. And um, the first step I'm going to tell you ahead is to help you to set up a place of prayer in your home, a table, a bookcase, a little corner, a room, someplace that the family or you can begin to come for prayer, the same place. If you already have that in your home, your head will send you a morning offering that you begin to pray with your family. Very, very simple, very simple. And if it takes time to get your husband or your wife or your children on board, don't just don't worry about it. There's no failure here. There's no, it's impossible for you to fail. There's no test to pass. There's no absolutes. You're going to apply this each to your own life situation uh, as you're able. Uh, we're going to have a Q&A question and answer session, uh, section rather. Uh, we're going to send out a monthly newsletter and we're going to have question and answers and photos of our oblates that whoever wants to send them in with their prayer tables. And we're going to have lots of fun and go very slowly just to begin. That's what we need to do is to begin. And in fact, the rule of St. Benedict is called the rule. No, it's not. It's called the little rule, the little rule for beginners. And in this present newsletter, uh, there's a whole beautiful interview um, that I, um, 
uh, I have to look it up to see who had it, but that is in there that uh, Father Dwight Longenacre had with someone. It's truly beautiful. He is a Benedictine oblate. He is a convert from Anglicanism. He's a beautiful, wonderful, holy priest. And um, he wrote the book, uh, which is called The Little Rule and the Little Way, comparing St. Therese with St. Benedict's Little Rule. It looks fat, and it looks, well, not fat like so, and um, uh, we're going to give all our beginning oblates a free copy of that um, with a Benedictine medal when we kind of officially install you. Um, It's going to be very, very exciting and a tremendous encouragement to all of us. So um, if you haven't, if you're on our mailing list and you haven't received the newsletter, it's because we send them out bulk mail. And uh, I I got mine last week, so you should be getting yours pretty soon. Um, If you're not on our mailing list, go ahead. Uh, Go to our website, which is www.motherofisraelshope.org. Click on the newsletter tab. And um, uh, what I want to say, um, right on the top is a way for you to subscribe. And if you scroll down, you'll see posted is our latest newsletter. You'll be able to print it out and you'll be able to print out the page that will enable you to enroll for um, Mary's Oblates. There's no requirements except that you... uh, uh, send that form in. Uh, that's all. Just to send the form in, so we know where we, how we can, can communicate with you, and where to send materials and all of that. Okay. No, no charge. No um, requirements. No age limits. No nothing. Just a heart that wants to live for God and is not afraid to take the tiniest step. And you'll be encouraged because all the oblates all over the world are going to be praying for all the oblates, every single day. It's truly, truly wonderful. Excuse me. So, what we're going to do for the rest of this program is try to catch up, because we've been gone several days, and try to catch up on your emails and your uh, texts. We're going to go through them. We're taking some questions also uh, that were on the Facebook page. And uh, you're welcome to call in. Uh, with anything on your heart, if you wish. And the toll-free number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. You may email at that, uh, rather text at that number as well, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Uh, last week we had a call off the line from Dennis in Buffalo, New York, and he says, "Why is it that people do not go reverently to communion, Dennis? It's because they don't believe what it is. They don't believe that communion is truly Christ. If Christ, uh, in his um, uh, appearance as a man, stood with the priest." or in place of the priest, and stood as a man, I don't think people would walk up uh, nonchalantly or chewing gum or or immodestly. I think we go on our knees. Uh, we should be no less with the Eucharist because it's no less Christ. It is no The Eucharist is no less God than Christ was in the form and in the nature of a man. 
still God, still 100% God. So when people don't go reverently, um, dear Dennis, it's because it's habit, it's apathy, and they don't really believe. They don't really believe. Uh, They've lost perspective and they've lost faith. Why do they go? Because they'll tell you they believe it's true, but the belief is more of a head knowledge than a heart love and knowledge. We have a Facebook question from Tom. He says, Dear Mother Miriam, I just watched your video on YouTube about aborted baby cells in vaccines. I completely agree with you. We should have a choice to choose what goes in our bodies and into our children's bodies. As you may be aware, New York just ended religious vaccine exemptions. Oh, wow. I was going to shout because they entered uh, ended religious vaccines. No, they didn't. They ended religious vaccine exemptions. School is about to start, and thousands of children will be forced to inject this poison into their little bodies, or they cannot enter school. Mothers, I'm, I'm not even finished with Tom's email. Mother, dads, do not send your children to school. Unless you can exempt them from that vaccine, vaccine, vaccination, vaccine, unless you can go to the school and prevent them from being vaccinated, do not send those children. And you say, but... What am I going to do? My husband and I work and there's nobody else. So what? Stay home. Lose your job. Save your children physically, mentally, morally, spiritually. Put your children first. Go get a job cleaning homes. Do what you have to do. Take your children with you and homeschool them. You know, when I was in St. Louis, um, There was a wonderful man who came, a carpenter. He painted, he repaired things. He was fantastic. And um, he brought his children with him, young children. And we would set them up in a table and they would do their schoolwork all day. And they stayed with their dad rather than him shift shift them off to school. Do what you can. I know some people cannot... uh, keep their children from school. But I tell you what, um, if you had a choice, maybe you're a single mom. People think I'm not even compassionate because people have to work. And what if they're single moms? And what if there's no one to take care of their children? And all these things. Let me ask you this. What if? What if you knew that where you were going to leave your child they were lion trainers. You didn't know that, but the, the school teachers were lion trainers and they needed, they ran out of meat at the zoo and they took your children and they were going to take your children and feed them to the lions. You're saying, Mother Miriam, you're going off the charts here. This is insane. What a, what a ridiculous comparison that is. That's what you say. I don't say that. You're feeding your children to the lions. And what what choice would you have if you knew you were going to drop your children off at a school and they were going to be lunch for lions? What would you do? Would you say, but I can't help it. I have a job. I can't, I'm, I'm going to feed my child to the lions. Would you going to do that? If you're going to do that, you're going to do that no matter what. That's insane. 
You'd say, of course not. I'm not putting my child in a lion's cage. Are you crazy? That's my point. You would figure something out to do. You wouldn't go to work. Or you'd find a way to bring your child to work. Or you'd find, get together with parents and find a way to, um, uh, what to do. Um, uh, you would protect your children. I know a situation where a mother could not, she had to work. And she, uh, her children could not go to school. And she put them in a movie theater and they sat there from nine to five. That's crazy. I know it is. I know it is. But she would do anything to protect her children. You see, not send them into the lion's den. Do we want that happening? No. Is somebody going to write and say we don't, our movie theaters don't open that early? That's crazy. We're getting the point. And what I'm telling you is a true story. So protect your children, beloved. I'm going to go on with, with Tom's email. Um, Tom says, now I'll reread the last sentence. School is about to start and thousands of children will be forced to inject this poison baby parts, beloved, from abortions, baby parts. This chip poison into their little body, little children bodies, or they cannot enter school. I am so stressed out about this. I have got a letter from my daughter's Catholic school, Catholic school, to vaccinate or else. One of the things you need to know is that these cell lines are very cancerous. It cannot be fully removed from the finished product. This can be detrimental to humans and pets. Well, talk about uh, vaccines being detrimental to humans. They're killed so that we could get our children could get vaccinated. There is an increase in autoimmune disorders. This has a high potential to rewrite our genetic code. It will then be passed to the next generation. This is indeed very dangerous because the human race can be wiped out because of corrupt scientists and bureaucrats. I hope you can convince them to change their minds and to look further into this use of immortal cells. Thank you for reading this. Well, Tom, I'm reading this on air. And I know you're stressed out about this, but I hope you will not put your little child in school. Do not do that. For parents to say, I'm stressed out, but I have no other alternative, you're wrong. You're wrong. The family I'm telling you about missed a few, the children didn't, were not able to go to school because it was a very dire situation. They couldn't go to school. And it was a single mother, and she had to go to work. And she put her children in the movie theater. All day. All day. Um, no, they didn't watch uh, corrupted movies. They didn't. It, the, at that, in that day, they had movies that were suitable for children. She put them in there all day. Um, and they were happier in there knowing their mother loved them and they would, she would come for them. But she couldn't, she didn't, she could not put them in school because they would be in danger there. So, when we are up against, we're very resilient, we're very resourceful, we are, we are survivors, all of us are, 
And when we believe something is dangerous enough, if you believe the minute that you send, if you had a prophecy that you're going to send your children to school and at 3 o'clock that afternoon or 2 o'clock, whatever it was, uh, there was going to be a, a sick individual who would come and open up his gun to all the children, what would you do? Would you put your child, you'd say, of course not. You'd call in work and say, I can't come in today. You'd figure something out. I think you need to do it. You need to get your children out now, public or Catholic. If it's not a good Catholic school, and any Catholic school that will allow these vaccines is not a good Catholic school, um, you'd have to check to make sure that the the vaccinations do not come from aborted uh, babies, aborted stem cells. You'd have to check that. You'd have to know that. And you say, well, I don't have time to look into it, which means you didn't look into it far away enough to see where you were sending your children, and you need to not send them there. You will be responsible for that, and you will kill your children. Um, the church allows it, so I'm not telling you it's sin because the church allows it. It's terrible, but the church allows it. Um, the church allows other things that I think are uh, detrimental and terrible, but it's not an infallible doctrine. So it's, it's, you can be against it. It's not infallible teaching. But as long as the church allows it, you can do it without sin. I'm telling you not to do it, and you will not be sinning uh, because you're not ordered to do it. There's the music for our first break, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. St. Augustine of Hippo said, Our hearts were made for you, O Lord, and they are restless until they rest in you. How many countless drivers do you pass on the road each day who don't know the Lord and who are struggling in their own lives? Help bring them comfort by displaying a Catholic Radio bumper magnet on your car. We offer free bumper magnets to promote Catholic Radio so others will come to know our Lord through listening. For your free bumper magnets, click the Promote tab at the top of our website, thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Then click the Promote tab at the top of our website. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio wherever your journeys take you. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. (laughs) 
Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. Um, and let me see now, we've got a whole half hour together, so I'm trying to catch up on um, questions from uh, those have, uh, many of you have posted on Facebook, uh, Mar- Mother Miriam Live page on Facebook, or um, uh, from Station of the Cross, um, and um, you are welcome to uh, continue to do that. But I was gone for a couple of days, so I'd like to catch up in fairness to you. Um, but you are still welcome to call in toll-free at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or to email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. You you can text at as well at that toll-free number. We have a um, question from Facebook as well from Brenda. Brenda says, "Hi, dear Mother Miriam. I have watched your wonderful videos about becoming Catholic from being a Jew." Um, I want to tell you, uh, Brenda, I am still a Jew. Uh, my, I'm, the reason that um, I'm Catholic is because I believe in the Jewish Messiah. So I've often said that the most Jewish thing a Jew could do is to be Catholic. That's the fulfillment of all God has intended. So I'm a Hebrew Catholic, and you could say a Jewish Catholic or a Hebrew Catholic Um Brenda says, I have a question. I'm so confused about eating pork. I do not eat pork, but I was wondering, do you still think it is a law after Yeshua? That's the Hebrew name for Jesus. Yeshua died on the cross. Thank you so much. It's not a law, Brenda. Um, The law given to Moses was a conditional and provisional uh, that his unconditional law to... uh, uh, covenant with Abraham could be lived out. It was. It gave the Jewish people a way to live, a way to be separate in the world, to be a peculiar people in the midst of a pagan world. And that was totally fulfilled with Christ on the cross, who said, I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And the dietary laws were for the Jewish people. Um, uh, many other laws under the Mosaic system, including the uh, sacrifice of animals, that it, everything pointed to Christ. And in the New Testament, who fulfilled the law uh, and was the final Passover lamb, and in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, when God, Peter fell into a trance, he was in a dream, and um, he saw a sheet being dropped, uh, and it had the hoofs of uh, pigs, and it had all kinds of things that the Jews were forbidden to eat. And uh, our Lord said to him, Peter, take and eat. And Peter said, never, uh, never will I eat this. Never will I eat. I will not eat this. And God said, Peter, uh, do not call unclean what God has made clean. So that is no longer a law. And um, uh, But there's nothing wrong with your not eating pork. I grew up 
uh, as well Jewish and and not eating pork. Um, and I've tried it a few times since I became a Christian because I know it's uh, we're not hearing adhering to the kosher laws. But um, I tell you what, I I can't eat pork personally i i got sick each time so i can't eat pork and i would say it's not the healthiest thing to eat to begin with but there's nothing against the law so you can you can eat it or you can refuse it but not on religious grounds we have a facebook question from mary who writes dear mother miriam i've been trying to find updated information on your community are you still in the diocese of tulsa now let me just tell everyone here that um, our website keeps everyone updated. Our newsletter, even though it's very infrequent, I don't think it's ever come out more than four times a year. This year, it may be four times. But um, it's only been, one year was twice, uh, mostly it's three times. But it always keeps everyone updated. So when we, and it's always posted on the web, under newsletters, and under our homepage as well when it's first posted. And so you can always get an update that way. And of course, if on the website our address is still Tulsa, then you know we're still in Tulsa. Um, uh, uh, Mary says, last I knew you were in search of a new home. I ask only because I've been following you since I first saw you on Mother Angelica when you were a lay convert. I also came to your talk in Springfield, Massachusetts, a few years ago. God bless you. Well, God bless you, dear Mary. Yes, we're still in Tulsa. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this today's program, um, we were at a diocese last week and met with a very, very wonderful bishop. Um, and uh, we're waiting to hear this week if it's God's will for us to move there. And if not, we will go on. We will trust God's will is our food. That's all we desire, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. God's will is our food. Um, So you will all be the first to know if we're moving to a new diocese. I will announce it the next morning, as long as there's nothing in the way. All right. We have a Facebook question from Antonio, who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I am a big fan of yours, and I am also a staunch supporter of Pope Francis. Please, Mother Miriam, beware of people who attack the Pope recklessly. Our Lord chose St. Peter as the first Pope. Francis is a successor of Peter. God bless you. And he adds, Is it not dangerous to criticize our Holy Father. You know, um, it is and can be dangerous to criticize the Holy Father, Antonio, but it it should be done with great, uh, a a right fear, a right reverence, not to be afraid, but a reverence and good consideration. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul did when he corrected St. Peter, our first pope. Peter was, uh, it's in the letter to the Galatians, where Peter was um, sitting with the Jewish people and wouldn't eat certain foods because he wanted to be accepted by them instead of teaching them uh, what Jesus came to do. And Paul came and saw that and shamed him and corrected him. And and Peter was the Pope. And so uh, we have Paul's example. And the fact is that the Pope is not infallible. 
the gift of infallibility is given to the successor of the peach, uh, of Peter when he teaches from ex cathedra from the chair of Peter in other words in his official capacity as the pope and when he does that it's a matter of faith or morals that must be believed by the faithful pope francis has not very few popes have given uh, that ex cathedra or ex cathedra pronouncement very very few because it would be a, an infallible doctrine binding on the faithful Uh, Pope Francis has never done that, but much of what he has said and is on his way to doing at the Amazon Synod is against the teaching of the Church. We must speak out about that. It is our responsibility to do that. So there's a break, beloved. Uh, Not against the Pope, against errant teaching. Uh, There's the music for our break. Call in... Uh, if you wish, with anything on your heart, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at stationofthecross dot com. We'll be right back. Users of iCatholic Radio are raving about our app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. One user says, It's exactly what I was looking for since having a closer walk with my Lord and my God. Great app for the living Catholic. Praise God. Nancy says, This is the best app. I have become a regular listener to it. I use it every day. I also play it all night long while we sleep. Get this app and use it. It will change your life for the better. Another user recommends iCatholic Radio, saying, So sweet a sound. This has allowed me to listen to Catholic Radio when I travel. What an awesome learning tool. Thank you. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, what are you waiting for? Visit your iTunes or Google Play store today. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family. Uh, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, about 15 minutes 
all that we have together. And again, uh, I'll give out the number once more. If you have anything on your heart, uh, I, I repeat, it never has to be what we're speaking about. The, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So call in toll-free if you wish, or text at one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross. We have a text from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother, I saw a program about cloistered sisters in Massachusetts. What is the benefit to the public of these blessed ladies? Either close by or far away, do they pray mostly for people they do not know? Take care, Mother Miriam. I'll tell you what, dear one. The benefit to the public of these blessed ladies is beyond what anybody will ever know this side of heaven. For a woman to give her all, to go into a religious order where she'll never leave for the rest of her life, where she will be cloistered, um, to give her life as a complete sacrifice for the world, yes, for praying those she do, for those she doesn't know and for those she does know, but for the entire world, for nations, for the Pope, for wayward souls, for other faiths to, uh, people of other faiths to come into the true faith, the true church. There are good bishops who understand the value of this. In fact, I don't think there's anything more valuable. Even active orders, which we are, are not as valuable as cloistered orders. I will tell you that. Because they go, I I met the... um, the current superior, Mother and, uh, Angela, I hope I, she's okay with my telling her personal news here, but um, she's so beautiful. And the poor Claire's of Roswell, New Mexico, rather, yes, Roswell, Roswell R-O-S-W-E-L-L, uh, New Mexico. If you are looking for a cloistered order uh, to be part of, um, th- those poor Claire's are magnificent. And I, when, when I was looking to either start an order or enter an order, I never initially thought of founding an order. And I spoke with the superior and I said, I, I live to put my arms around the world. I can't be cloistered. And she said to me, you know, I wanted to do the same. And I think at the time she was just a college student. And she said, I wanted to, I, she said, I wanted to do the same, put my arms around the world. I wanted to be a medical missionary. She said, but I wanted more. So I entered the cloister. And now I put my arms around the whole world from the cloister. You will never know. Nobody this side of heaven will ever know. And bishops who receive faithful, orthodox, habited, cloistered uh, orders, uh, men or women are bringing a great gift to their diocese and to the world. So um, very, 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 uh, uh, I can't, uh, outside of the priesthood, there's no uh, more important vocation. We have an email from Rosemary who writes, Dear Mother, could you kindly give some words of comfort or advice to devout Catholic women, unfortunately caught in bad, joyless marriages. Thank you. You are so loved. Blessings. Thank you, Rosemary. I'm going to tell you what I just thought of in relationship to that. 
God has built within women um, an enormous gift of love beyond what he's given men, a different love, a nurturing love. There is hardly a woman who functions as a woman rather than being a feminist and other things uh, as the woman God intends her to be. Now, I might get complaints on that one, but it's true. God didn't want us to be feminist. He wanted us to be loving women who would raise families and love children and raise them for the kingdom and and spend our lives giving to others. Um, And so um, women have a a very wonderful gift of nurturing built into them to to wrap their arms around the world from their home, uh, around their children, around their neighbors, around those. Uh, some women neglect their families to serve their churches and the poor, which is absolutely wrong. But we have that gift. It, it should be used well. And so advice I would give to women who are caught, as Rosemary says, in bad, joyless marriages, I would, I would give them this thought. Suppose God came to you. And he said, there's a really bad family. I want you personally, uh, whatever Catholic woman is caught in a bad marriage, I would like you because you have such a heart of love. You love the faith. You want things to be right. You know what is right, but you don't know how to get it there, you know, in your own family and all of that because it's too overwhelming. Um, I'd like you to help this family that's falling apart where the husband and wife really don't love each other. There's no joy. The family's not living the faith. It's kind of a prison. It's an unhappy situation. But you have a heart of love. Would you go in there and just show them love? And because if you show them love, they'll begin. St. Francis de Sales says, where there is no love, put love, and there will be love. And I will guarantee you, I'm probably painting a crazy scenario, but any woman would go into the, a homeless situation, um, a poor family who's unhappy, who doesn't know how to live, uh, to any situation, and, and see a homeless woman or someone in tears on the street, go put her arms around her and see what she could do to help. Women are made that way. Be that to your family. Expect zero from your husband. Zero. Absolutely Nothing. Look at him, your whole home, hold on, as that, as as objectively as you can. And when I say that, um, I know they're not strangers, but forget that they're ever going to give you anything again. Your husband, forget that he's going to love you properly, forget that he's whatever he should be doing, just forget that. You can't forget it, but you've got to put it aside and see them as poor people of God to help. God has given you the faith. God has given you the love. Um, You're in a joyless marriage, but joy doesn't come from a good marriage. Joy comes from Christ. Joy comes from Christ, from being in union with him. And being in union with him is not dependent on a marriage or a family or a good situation. Absolutely not. There's a painting I've I've told people about before a con- a painting contest where someone was asked to paint a picture of joy of joy of peace 
I think it was peace and joy. I'm not quite sure. And people, uh, uh, no, it was peace. And people drew beautiful landscapes and lovely calm oceans and beautiful scenes of flowers and clouds, gorgeous things. The one that won the prize was a painting of an absolutely raging storm, black sky, uh, smashing waves against the shore, lightning, thunder, uh, terrible, high winds, frightening situation, that painting. But on the beach was a rock. And in the rock was a little kind of a tiny cleft. And all the way in that cleft was the little tiny robin. And it was in there as joyful as could be. Tweet, 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 with the storm raging all around it because it was deep settled in the rock and it was protected and it was happy. You need to build a relationship with the rock who is Christ and in him only will you have joy. And then that joy will spill over to your family. What are you doing being so happy, Mom? You know, Jesus has made me happy. It happened in one family where one teenage daughter was converted and the entire family were, uh, other children were in jail and they were just a terrible, terrible family. And the marriage was terrible. There was abuse, everything. But one daughter, 18 years old, gave her life to Christ. And she was, she couldn't help it. She was giggling at home. She was so happy. She had a reason to live, and this one, this daughter had been terribly abused in every way. If you think of it, the answer is yes. And she went home, and she was happy. And her mother said, and she watched it for a few weeks, and she didn't lose it, didn't lose her happiness, her joy. And her mother said, I don't know what you have, but I want it. And she also led her mother to Christ. You see, that is what's going to change the world and change families. It's our relationship with Christ. So don't stop expecting. Stop being disappointed. You can't be disappointed if you don't expect. You can't be sad if your wants, unless your wants are not met. Don't want anything that God can give you. Don't be sad. Don't expect anything, decency, love, anything from your husband. You be there as the missionary to your husband to simply love him apart from him. Love him. Love your children. Love that home. As of this minute, beloved women, you are God's missionaries to get your spouses and your home to heaven. Not based on them, based on your relationship with God. If Christ does not fill you and give you joy and happiness, you'll never have it because a family is straightened out. That's going to be momentary. It has to come from God. It has to come from God. We have been stopped from uh, having a home. We've been stopped from working uh, here in Tulsa. We have not been allowed to go forward. We have not been, we can't take in where we can't do anything. And it's been three years. We haven't simply been stopped in Tulsa. We've been stopped from going elsewhere. It's been three years. And do you know... I have not gotten discouraged from it. I'm a happy camper. Are there momentary disappointments where we're hoping we could go to this bishop or that? And he says, no. Yes, those things sting for about 10 seconds. And then I say to myself, what's your problem? What's your problem? 
If God doesn't want it, you don't want it. That's the end of it. God just showed you he doesn't want it. Then you don't want it. That's it. It's, it's easy. It's work. You have to be focused. But the joy comes from God, not from a good home, not from a good marriage. Okay. We have um, a, a call from John from Kentucky. Are you there, John? Yes, I am. Can you hear me, Mother? I hear you very well, John. Go ahead, sweetheart. Um, I have a question about the collectivity of sin. Yep. I know that when I sin, it affects the whole body of Christ. Right. And um, for a long time now, um, I don't want to pontificate, but I think that the teaching about contraception has been so abused and and no one talks about it. I say no one. Most of the clergy don't talk You're about right. it. Yet. You're right. Uh, I've heard that 90% of Catholics contracept, and that was what it was like when I was in California. Uh-huh. And it gives me very little hope for some of these churches. I might even be overboard about it, but I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't rejected. know that you're overboard, John. It's a terrible well, situation. Well, how, 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 how can things get better when the body of Christ is living in mortal sin? Yeah, they are, are John. And the only way to get better is, as I've said, live as if it's true. Peter Kreef, that wonderful convert, once said, how could 12 uh, fishermen convert the world and half a billion Christians cannot repeat the feat? Because those 12 lived the faith as if it was true. We can't get our parish together or an army together, an apostolate together and say, let's go out. It has to be an individual conviction. And we think, yeah, but... We're going to sacrifice and not contracept, and we're going to live our faith, and we're not going to make a dent in the ocean. You have no judgment on that. You, you're you not doing it to make a dent in the ocean. You're not doing it to change civilization. You're doing it to honor God and get to heaven. And we leave the results of that to God. Mother Teresa, John, as you might know, she died with over 4,000 sisters in over 30 countries, and her statement was that all we've done is a drop in the ocean. But if the drop weren't there, uh, it wouldn't have happened. So that's what we need to do. Focus on ourselves. Be holy ourselves. And we will encourage others. And that will grow. And if anything will save the world, that alone will save it. Individual holiness. All right, Mother. Thank you. That helped me. Good, sweetheart. Good. And there's our closing music. So we'll say goodbye to all of you for now. And uh, we'll uh, speak with you tomorrow. Be holy. Live as if it's true. God bless you.